Are we recording? Yeah, we're ready. We're good. So we just watched... A movie. A documentary. The Dolezal movie. Yeah, it's called The Rachel Divide. The Rachel Divide. We watched it in part because... Someone tweeted us and asked if we would do a review. And this was perfect for our new So You Don't Have To corner. Yes. So we watched The Rachel Divide so that you don't have to. Exactly. And it seems like whenever we're on the couch, we do movie reviews. So you're getting a two for one, a review, and a new corner. I'm Francesca. I'm Patrick. And we are on our couch. I was surprised because I had some moments where I I went in and I still don't feel sympathy for her in the sense that I believe she has caused a lot of the turmoil in her life and more specifically in her children's life. I feel so bad for them. Her kids, well, she, one of her kids is adopted. She recently had a baby and then her middle son is 13. Yeah. And man, in that respect, you have fucked up a lot of things. But there were parts where I did actually feel kind of bad for her. And I and I still and I feel conflicted about that, I think. I don't think you need to. I and one of the biggest things I took away from this, and the reason I don't think anyone actually needs to watch this documentary. <laughs> the reason you don't need no, to No, seriously. Because okay. and we'll talk about Netflix in a second, because Netflix has been has yeah. been playing some pulling some strings, yeah. you know, to try to get views. And I think this was part of that. The thing I took away from this is the reminder that there's two ways that we digest stuff like this, right? There's the public context. And then there's the private context. So like in her personal life, yeah, she is, she is a three dimensional human being. Right. Right. And I, I don't think anyone actually ever questioned that. Maybe we forgot that in the public discourse. She became a caricature because like social media, like everything becomes a meme. Like she became like a joke. Right. She stood for something in that context. Right. right? Not that she stood for something, but she represented something to everybody else. Right. Cultural appropriation. White privilege. Yeah. How a white person could just want to identify as black while taking all of the benefits of being white. Right. Right. Like that spoke to everybody. And that was that public context, which had a lot of meaning. Right. But like the movie really does a good job of humanizing her. And I don't think that anyone ever doubted that she was. Yeah. But like we don't need to see that. Right. But it's a different context. Like now, like you were saying, like you really feel for her kids and you feel for the people around her. She has a lot of friends, people who support her. She don't have a lot of friends. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) oh man, that sounds terrible. She had, she had had some people who were friendly with her. She had friends. She had one shady ass friend who was like, well, since everybody hates you, just be yourself. And then, well, okay. Yeah. I mean, and then everybody else was like her family. (laughs) Her her shady friend was like, well, maybe move to Mars. (laughs) Sure was, and then at one point he was Rachel trying was to like, be funny, though. and then Rachel was like, "You know what? But like, maybe it'll just go away, and then like, black people can accept me." And her friend was like, mm. "Like her mm. friend's face was like, yeah. no." Ugh. I was like, "Is that your friend, though?" <laughs> yeah, but see that, but that's like a, a private space, right? So a lot of people do things publicly or are publicly just awful things, but that doesn't mean that they should be condemned as individuals. What they're condemning when we condemn her actions on the public scene is cultural appropriation, essentially, right? We're condemning, like, this nature that you can just take from blackness what you want. It's Um, multi-layered because I don't know that I would necessarily call her a cultural appropriator. I think that 
Rachel Dolezal is probably someone who can actually through and through qualify as a colonizer. Like she literally <laughs> came into the black community and was like, yep, I'm just going to set up shop here and I'm going to like put on this kinky wig and this like bad self tanner. And like now I'm black. So I don't know that I would call, I would say cultural appropriation. I would say like deception is like a, a big part of the problem with her. And, you know, I, I don't necessarily think of, to your point, like for me, I'm not, I don't like the idea of being like, I'm going to condemn this person. I don't even like the idea of this person taking up any space in my brain. And I think that that's another reason that I don't really see it for her is because one of the things that her son said, and I said this entire film is that like, I believe she likes the spotlight because from whatever potentially happened with this, like getting these racial threats that started this whole thing, I do believe that she sent those threats to herself, first of all. Mm -hmm. And I do believe that once this whole thing blew up, she had every opportunity to leave social media, to not do a documentary, to not write a book, to not do a press tour. She did a press tour before she'd even sold the book. Like you don't need to do that. And to the point of one of the YouTube clips that they showed about the New York Times reviewing books, according to her, I don't have the numbers exactly in front of me, but she made a point about like 10 black women books being featured in the New York Times versus like Rachel Dolezal getting to do like this whirlwind press tour to promote a book that didn't even exist yet when other black writers who don't have like a book book deal mm -hmm. or like a proposal or an agent like those people aren't getting that same exact opportunity so I mean it's kind of like she really is capitalizing off of the fact that she's getting this attention because she's a white woman pretending to be black. Right. And then she's like, oh, it's so hard for me. I just want to be a normal person. I want my privacy. But I, but then she also feels the need to like tweet and Facebook everything and also sign on for a documentary and also decide that she wants to write a book and also go on the real, like, it's, you know what I mean? Like you can't have it both ways. If this, if this, situation of her own doing has been so terrible for her and her life and her family, the smart and responsible thing to do would have been to go away. Like she, and I, and she was like, oh, I can't find a job in African-American studies. It's like, okay, you could probably find a job in some other field. Maybe no one wants to hire you to teach African-American studies because everyone knows you're not black and you're lying. If you were, right. you know what I mean? There are like, white people who teach African-American studies. Absolutely. But like, but she is really holding on to this idea of like, I'm black, which you know what, if she wants to say that, but that is her business. She's allowed to do that. But the consequences are that no one wants to hire you. Right. So if you're like, I can't feel. No, I, I completely agree with you. you. Know what she, I mean? she, she's clearly keeping the hype going. She um, wants to be a victim on some level. I really believe that. You think so? I, I mean, I don't know if, I don't know if that's quite the case. I also think that she might be cornered because she is, I mean, half the documentary was about how she can't pay her bills, you know, or right. at least it was a major theme in the documentary where she, she couldn't make rent and she was Here's wondering the where the next check was going to come from and thinking that she couldn't get work. And to your point, maybe she wasn't looking very hard for work outside of what she wanted to do. She so said she was looking for work in the education and African American, African American studies educational space according to her that's what she said 
I will also say you and I both were kind of shocked by the fact that Rachel Dolezal is a fantastic artist. She can really paint and create all the stuff. She could be selling her artwork. She doesn't have to use well, the name I was actually wondering Rachel after this, Dolezal. I was like, actually wondering after this if her artwork wouldn't start selling because her paintings were featured pretty heavily in the film and they were really fucking and, good. And I the mean, um, like, collages, they were beautiful. They were. She's a very talented artist. And I wouldn't be surprised if people just kind of to get a piece of like the, I don't know, piece of, is, is that Americana? Does that count? No. I wouldn't be surprised if people were, like, eager to buy her paintings and her artwork after this. See, this is the thing. I think that people are curious, which is why they're wa- we are watching the documentary, why anyone's watching it, why people it's watch also her. also free. Yes. Not technically. I mean, we, we purchased Netflix. I'm saying well, you don't pay any money to watch this documentary, right? Yes, right. Okay. That's what, I'm, that's what I was kind of getting to is that, like, people like the spectacle, but I don't think people like the idea of putting money in Rachel Dolezal's pocket, which is why right. her book didn't sell and which is why I don't think people would buy her artwork with the name Rachel Dolezal attached to it, which is why I'm saying I think in some way she enjoys the victimhood around her identity because – she could very easily retreat from this. Like people, no, I agree. She could. She could make just books with different, like under pen names. People, right. Well, but, she can't write her story under a pen name. But. Right, but she doesn't have to write her story. She could literally produce her paintings under a different name. She could go and get a job that has nothing to do with African Americans. Right. Like she could. Right. Live a life that does not like put her in this position where it she's didn't like, really I go, can't work. I can't do. Yeah, anything. it didn't really go into whether or not she was going to be whether or not she had explored those other routes right uh, so we don't really know but i agree that if she wanted not to be in the limelight and let this damaging public image she has fade she could do it she absolutely she's not could. even trying not to and no. instead she was asked directly whether or not she, why she was still on social media right and, and she said it's the only way i have a presence in the world right now right it's the presence that she's been taking shit for to your point about wanting to be a victim she could have a private instagram she could have a private facebook Lots of people do that. Right. If you feel like you need to share on social media, which is her right, she doesn't have to do it in a way where like everybody can see it. And it's like, again, she wants it both ways. I think it's terrible that people are saying like vile, racist, sexual things about her and her baby on Twitter. That's awful. But also like she knows that that's coming along with her public presence. And so she's like, I'm going to tweet that I'm visiting Howard University with my with my son. Like I feel like that was really that, disrespectful and irresponsible. That of was her. really bad too because she she spent so much time worrying about her kids, but then doing all of these things and hearing them say to her face that she was doing things that were affecting them in addition to her. And and her youngest one, or not the youngest one, the thirteen year old was was so smart and so wise. He was talking to her like he was. 30. You could tell he had been through some shit. At one point, she had to drag him out of bed, and she was like, come on. He's like, I, she's like, I didn't ask for this. And she's like, I didn't either. He's like, yes, you did. I was like, oh my god. Like, he told her. He no, was he like, told her too. He said, you know, you have to realize that your decisions affect people outside of yourself. Yeah. Like, this affects everybody else. And then in the private interviews, he was saying things like, I'm just really concerned about my brothers and how it's going to affect them he wasn't even worried about him he was worried about himself but but he he, was really worried about the baby he he was was like if anybody tries to be mean to him i mean i want to protect him till he gets to my age and at one point he even said i wish that this could have happened when i was older as if like being older he would be able to 
one, what his older brother did was just leave. He was like, you know what? I'm out. Like, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm going to Spain. Yeah. At one point she was like, well, asking him about getting his cell phone turned back on in December. And he was like, yeah, if I come back in December. And she looked so shocked as if like, why would he want to come back to this? And again, I felt like it was so. That's what I said. I was like, he's going to get over there and he's going to realize what it's like to live without a shadow. Yeah. And he's probably not going to come back. I felt for him because, you know, he was saying he was really excited to try and go to law school to go to Howard. And so she went with him on his campus uh, tour, which, again, I get it. That's his family. But she also brought a camera crew with her. And then she took a picture of him and then she posted it on Twitter and was like visiting Howard Law School with my eldest. And then all the replies are like. They should throw his application in the trash. <laughs> yeah. Like, that is yeah. so – and you yeah, know that's what the like, response is going to be. They're so like, good why luck getting you... into school, Dolezal. Yeah. OPS like, is Dolezal, apparently. Is it, I, yeah. She pronounced it Dolezal, and so did some of the reporters. So I, I, I imagine that's the proper way to pronounce it. I'm going to stick with Dolezal, um, not to be rude, but just because I don't think I can do Dolezal. It's hard on the mouth. I, I... <laughs> <laughs> it's not easy to say. Um, one of the, one of the biggest revelations where I actually did feel a little uncomfortable was that we learned about her parents abusing her and her siblings. Her parents, um, are white people and they adopted a number of black children, but it was after Rachel had left the home. So this was like some stuff that was a little strange and hard to follow. Rachel was was an adult when they were adopted, but she was still part of the family and I or she was still in the household regularly enough to be photographed with them apparently and I couldn't tell if she was an adult or if she was older teenager. teenager I don't know she, she didn't look old when in all the pictures where she was white she looked <laughs> when she was white <laughs> that should have been the name of her book um yeah but in all the pictures when she was white she looked like she had a baby face yeah. She had a very young face. But she was significantly older than the the her she was, siblings were like yeah. children and she like was, toddlers. She was an adult compared to them. She was she was like late teens right. or at early adult. Right. And so at that time, apparently her parents um were physically abusive to all the kids. And um her sister alleged that her one of the brothers sexually abused her and that was why Rachel then took them out of the home and again was old enough that she was able to seek custody of them right so there's like a a large enough age difference that she then adopted her siblings and now one of them her eldest son is technically her Her adopted brother brother who she adopted as her son and it got more confusing too because there were allegations of sexual assault right so one of the kids the woman she claimed that that someone in the family rachel's older brother white brother white brother um this is how we're gonna keep it all straight yeah this is the only way to do it and we're not judging any books by their covers there's just (laughs) too many there's just too many factors here the adopted sister was claiming that the older mm-hmm. white brother had sexually assaulted her right which was interesting because according to the documentary that was the reason that rachel dolezal was, was outed because she was about to put on her case in the trial of her white brother and rachel was going to support her statement by saying that she had also been sexually assaulted by this brother and so apparently the pis that 
her parents hired, tipped off the media. Um, and that did feel very convincing because, again, I still think that Rachel Dolezal is a pathological liar and she is a narcissist. I do genuinely believe that. But when when her adopted sister was talking about the abuse that she suffered from the older brother, but also the parents, I mean, she was showing her legs and she had like scars on her body from mm-hmm. being hit. And they even talked to the brother that Rachel ended up adopting and now calls her son he was talking about them hitting them and them being like very um like christian but like yeah. um like really strict christian so like right. making her wear that's why she like looked like an amish girl in all of her right. old pictures they were like very conservative um and they were talking about how they weren't raised with an, a racial identity because like her there was like no black people where they lived and so they felt very sheltered right. and like i believed all of that stuff but i also felt like I felt like in some way Rachel's decision that she was black or feeling she wanted to adopt this black identity was maybe her trying to distance herself from the pain associated with her parents. And I, I that's what she said. She right. said that and I, at, and towards I, the end of the documentary. Yeah. And I get that in the sense that like, there are lots of people who have unfortunate circumstances with their parents and maybe they decide that they want to change their name or they want to live in a different state, right? Or they leave their religion because of the way that their birth parents treated them or raised them. And I get that. But I think that it was kind of like a matter of convenience that her siblings happened to be black. So then she could just be like, oh, well, I'll just be black like them. Do you know what I mean? It didn't feel like an authentic one, I don't think you could just decide to be black, but I also kind of felt like it was just, I don't know. I felt like it was just like a costume for her. Like there's, there's absolutely credibility to wanting to distance yourself from like an abusive past, but the way to do it is not to say like, well, now I'm a whole different race because my parents were white. And so I don't want to be like them. Like that just seemed so strange. And so disingenuous i don't know Again, but i believe the younger sister i did too that, that was probably the case i have no reason not to and and she didn't seem like she had any reason to well and the ironic thing is, is that that. She, that she was saying that this whole you know rachel isn't really black thing was an attempt to discredit her right. potential testimony right exactly which again and i thought that but, was but at the same time it's like yes and she isn't black so it does discredit anything else she says. Because well, I mean, in in court, if you can get if you can get it known that somebody lied, and right. the, there are rules keeping out testimony to to discredit them for things that aren't relevant to the case. Right, right. Which is why they went to the public so that they could basically public opinion. Basically, yeah, basically poison the jury pool because if you make a big public stink about this, then the chances are that all of your jurors are going to know it and it's going to discredit them. Yeah, and I don't think, and I think you get into really sticky territory when people talk about sexual assault because, of course, you don't want to say, you don't want to discredit someone's experience because, one, you don't know. Two, it also potentially prevents other people from coming forward. But again, like you were saying, the court of public opinion is fucking terrible it was fucking scandalous so that reporter that broke that story oh, yeah. he was he was saying some fucked up stuff this is the local news reporter that has that super viral clip where he's like are you black and she's like Ugh, right and she just guy. and she just looks terrified and then walks off basically yeah. yeah so that guy 
was really, I mean, he was shady as fuck because racism uh, isn't making a comeback. Yeah. So he said, <laughs> this is what tipped us off because she was suggesting that racism was making a comeback. This is how he put it. And racism wasn't making a comeback. He had reasons to doubt her. And so they looked into it further. Like, what kind of thought process is that? I right? mean, I looked at it as like, he can be wrong and she can be wrong. But I think that totally. he is the type of person who he probably has his own racial bias. And then this type of behavior in his mind is like, and see, they're fabricating racism. And, and I mean, to that point one of the other members of the NAACP, like a black woman, she was getting really choked up when she was saying like, this discredits the work that we do, which it does. Her fabricating these things, whether her saying that she's black or potentially faking these racial threats, for people like that journalist, that's exactly what they need to see in order to be like, yep, all racism isn't real. Y'all make this shit up. That, I think <laughs> that's my point, right? That Rachel Dolezal did something that was inappropriate and mm -hmm. just generally wrong, right? And it was race related. Mm -hmm. And then this person, this white guy came along and he used the word dethroned. He said, we dethroned someone yeah. who was a major public figure in the area. And I was like, to say that you dethroned someone as a reporter and to go after somebody because according to you, racism wasn't making a comeback. Like there wasn't plenty of racism like racism, from. Like racism hadn't existed. And, and in that community, they had like white supremacists doing, exactly. and like skinheads doing fucking marches and shit. Exactly. Somebody showed up at an MLK parade and like they were like shouting and like there was clearly racial tension in the community before Rachel Dolezal. Right. And so, and so for this white reporter to come in and use this sort of language to describe the story that he broke sounds really suspicious suspicious it yeah. sounds intentional it sounds like it sounds like an act of racism itself well it sounds like he was using her shitty behavior to like reinforce the racist beliefs he already had about yeah. like black people and like racial oppression and identity he seems to be he came across as the type of person who believes that like all incidents of racial injustice are fabricated or exaggerated in some way or another because for him to say racism is not making a comeback it makes it sound as if racism has gone away <laughs> like and it hasn't you know right. what i mean exactly. and so like like any racism isn't enough to speak out about right and so it's it is one of those unfortunate things where again i feel like rachel fails to understand that like her good intentions which like she can totally help and support the black community as a white person, but the fact that she is calling herself black and like muddying the waters in this way, it has a lot of negative repercussions for actual black people, for actual mixed race people who move through the world and people assume that they're not black or challenge their blackness or for white people who don't believe racism is as big of a deal as it really is or for the same types of people who don't want to actually acknowledge that race is a factor in how we're treated. The same people who are like, we're all, all those clips from Fox where they're like, but aren't we all one, one race anyway, right, the I human know, yeah. race. You're like, great, Rachel. Mm -hmm. Like, this is what you have helped like perpetuate now. And then like, Oh, the fact that this happened right when the Caitlyn Jenner story happened, mm, it was just that's like, a good point. Yeah. way to just make things 
way more confusing for people, right? Like now they can't see the difference between that scenario and Rachel Dolezal's scenario. And it's not even that they couldn't see the difference. I mean, these are people who already just wanted to throw trans people under the bus. You know what I mean? They're just like, well, if you want, like, literally, what's his, Harry Levin from TMZ? He's like, well, if you want to be okay with Ray, with Caitlyn Jenner, then you should be okay with it. And it's like, you I don't know. actually fucking support Caitlyn Jenner. You actually just want to... Just, stir the pot. You want to stir the pot, yeah, but you also want to be like, oh, see, your identity's not real because of fucking Rachel Dolezal. And it's like, okay, that's not how this works at all. No, right? he's and and he's garbage, period. Is but, there anything else on, on your – we took notes. <laughs> Wait. I wrote a few things down. I wrote a few things I know, down. I want to like, see if there's anything I thought. I thought there. there was some – there were a few things that I found kind of to her credit, or not to her credit, but, but really humanized her. Mm-hmm. Um, first was the fact that she had had such a strange upbringing. And like, to your point, and, and she pretty much says this towards the end of the documentary. Yeah. She says something like, I can't go back to that 18-year-old white girl who looks like a 12-year-old wearing Amish dresses right. under my parents' punishment. Right. I can't go back there. I just can never be in that mode again. Really, you got the impression that she was running from something. And mm-hmm. that the image that she adopted was something maybe that spoke to a a different thing than what she came from. Right. Right. Which is kind of sympathetic, especially, especially if she was actually sexually assaulted that, that really humanized her. I thought the other thing that humanized her for me is that she was a, she seemed to be a pretty good mom aside from the fact. I think she loves her kids. Aside from the fact that she was not doing anything to make things easier for her kids. Except for the fact that she just ignored them when they were like, hey, can you please stop doing this thing that hurts me? Hey, look, I'm pretty much wiser than you and I'm (laughs) telling you that this is not okay. Yeah, her son was like, look at your choices, mom. Look at the way you have literally (laughs) fucked everything up for all of us. Yo, this 13-year-old was like, it's going to bite her in the ass. It's going to bite me in the ass. Like, that was definitely painful. But to her credit, I do think she cares about them. I just think she cares about herself a little bit more, which is shitty. I don't know. I don't think that's that's fair. I think it's 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 fair. I think that if I'm going to... If I'm going to buy most of what I'm seeing in this documentary, just for argument's sake, Mm -hmm. you know, it gets complicated. Like, lots of parents do things that their kids look back on when they get older and say, my parents sucked because of this. Oh, right. Absolutely. But they did the best that they could with what they had. And maybe it's that she can't understand and fully comprehend what it is she's doing and why it's so damaging for them. I have a hard time believing that only because... Rachel Dolezal went to Howard University, which is a, you know, HBCU, and then she studied African-American studies. If she really wants to suggest that she has immersed herself in black culture, right? If I am to believe what she is saying about how she feels and understands the black experience, I would then think that she would respect and understand how hurtful it is for her children to deal with the nasty things people are saying about her and about their identity as black people and added to the fact that they are, well, her 13 year old son is mixed race. And that already makes his life more complicated because he is no doubt dealing with shit from other black kids because 
if he's not black enough or he seems too white. He's probably not dealing with any shit that compares to the Dolezal shit. Right, but I'm saying he's dealing dealing with all of it. And her response is, but I need to, you know, I need to make this documentary and I need to write this book and I need to go on the reel. And he is saying to her, this is hurting me. Yes, I do believe that she's putting herself above him. He even said, you can identify however you want. I just don't want to be in the spotlight anymore. I just don't want this. I want this to go Look, away. I, I completely agree. A lot of parents would say, oh my God, this is affecting my kids this much. I will pretend to be white even though I believe I'm black. Like for me, if it right. were me and I thought I was black and then my kids were like, hey, you're really fucking us up. And the whole world was telling me like, why don't you just say you're white? I would be like, you know what? I won't tell anybody I still think I'm black. I'll just say it inside. <laughs> but, but I'll go out there for Yo, my pass kids. pass me that brown crayon. And, <laughs> and they'll be like, who are you drawing, Pat? And I'm like, not me. Not me. <laughs> this is not Some, me. Someone else. <laughs> Somebody else. Yeah, I A mean. A black person. But I mean. Not but, me. But I would go out there and right. I'd say like, yo, I'm white, everybody. I'm do, sorry. Yes, you would do it. That's what right. I would. And right. I agree. But that to me shows somebody that is that is really heavily confused and confused. I don't think she's confused. Potentially I think she's because selfish. of a pretty fucked up background. I don't think she's confused. I think she's selfish. I think that she could have had a hard life. I, I believe that her parents were awful to her and she has a lot of pain associated with that. And I, and I think that those are valid feelings. I think that to her, her feelings are supreme to everyone else's. Because anytime people were like, what you were you you saying you're a black woman hurts me because I'm actually a black woman and here's the shit that I have to deal with. Rachel Dolezal look was copying a major attitude when she was speaking at that college. And the yeah. black lady in the audience was like, I like you, you're cool, I like your hair, but like here's how I feel about you. Rachel Dolezal looked like bitch, like she looked so <laughs> mad. <laughs> I was like, you she know, did. Like, she looked like she was having a hard time hearing that. She had such a hard time hearing that. And again, to me, that all strikes me as her being very selfish and even her friend like the only person who was presented in this documentary as her friend was like shading the fuck out of her yeah and rachel dolezal was like well you i know, think she I was want... trying to commiserate but she came across like she was just being brutally honest she was being brutally honest with her but she also was biting her tongue and i feel like the people that care about her like uh her eldest son, who is her adopted brother, he was even just like, you know what? I don't really get into what she wants to do. I feel like they're all just like, listen, I don't yeah, really, that, I, think, I don't really get it. I but think do that you, kid's girl. been through enough, though. Where the older one, where he's right. just like, look, I'm just, I'm just making it to, to, to I'm of age. And then I'm going to put all this behind me. I don't have the bandwidth for this. Right. Shit. Absolutely. And, and what I'm saying is, is that knowing the things that he's gone through, knowing that he was adopted, knowing that he was abused, knowing that, and even like, again, for her to be like, oh, I went to school and and studied African-American studies and da-da-da-da-da, and then use the term transracial, which does not mean changing races. It means when a family adopts a child that's of a different race. Like, she literally just co-opted a phrase that does not belong to her. Like, she's just selfish. Like, she knows what that word means, and then she used it anyway. She knows that her her adopted brother, now adopted son, has had a really difficult time because of being a transracial adoptee, of dealing with abuse, 
And to her, she's just like, nope, sorry, I'm still going to call myself black. I'm still going to, like, make your college experience about me. I'm still going to tweet out that I'm with you. I'm still going to make sure that the fucking cameras follow us around. I'm still going to park my car right in front of the fucking barbershop so, like, everybody knows I'm with you. Like, it's just, like, me, 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 me. I just feel like she's a supreme narcissist. Possibly. And now here is this fucking white woman pretending to be black, not listening to black women tell her how they feel about being black. And then she gets to be listened to on the Today Show talk about how she feels like she's black. <laughs> right. And, and somebody, one of one of the people she worked with pointed that out was like, I wonder how much she was rewarded in this space as a black woman because she looks so white. And so, like, in many ways, Rachel Dolezal, again, is still benefiting from that privilege, which again, just speaks to like her selfishness because I don't understand how she can say she cares about the black community and she's done all this research and she's done all this learning and studying about black people because she wants to help. But then she like co-ops it for her own benefit. I think it speaks to her victim complex the same way. She's like, my black sons, my black sons. It's so hard for me because I have black sons. That was a different thing too. Yeah, no, that's true. That that really resonated with me. She wants to be, like again, she's, she is co-opting this struggle that she doesn't actually have. She has not experienced. Like, part of my identity as a black woman includes the experiences that happened to me as a child and, and as an adult walking through this world as a black person. And she will never have experienced those things. Right. It's not a bad thing, but she wants to say that, like, suddenly she put some braids in her hair and, like, a bad self-tanner. And her proximity to other black people, now she knows what it's like. And then she keeps being like, my black sons, my black sons. Like, look, here, my sons are black. And you're like, okay. Right, the documentary took a portion of it to to point out that she was constantly pointing to her black sons to legitimize her own alleged suffering as a black person. Right, exactly. Her struggle. And, like, she – and the feelings that she has for those – for her sons are not – lessened because she is white you know what i mean and again i think that that's why she needs to go to therapy to understand that like those can still be her children she can still care about them she can still feel pain and fear for them as black people moving through the world but that is a fear that she will never have to actually deal with herself because she will never experience you know, racial inequality or oppression for being black. She's definitely being dragged by the fucking internet. She's definitely being harassed by people. And she is now, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And and those things are terrible. But, but I But she's also, not doing anything to make those go away. I, I, she could have just I, taken I a bow and just and just receded. She could have closed her Twitter account. She her fucking Facebook loves account. it. I believe she fucking I, I think loves that's, it. That's really strong evidence to support what you're saying. If she wanted to, she could just go about she still had. I mean, everybody that was there supporting her in the documentary and everyone who was there as one of her friends. I think they were all black. Yeah. Every single one of them. It was all black people. So, and it was all black people being like, hey, girl, we're here for you. <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> Which is pretty demented. It's pretty fucked up. Yeah. But but the point is, she had she had a network of friends and her and her black. I love the fact that the entire time they're like her father. I was like, is that her black dad or a white dad? Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then she the black had this guy came black out old man. And he was labeled. His his marker was father figure. Yeah, um, yeah. But she was calling him her dad. But again, <laughs> she could she could she could get a job. It might not be the kind of job she wanted. And she even was like, "Oh, I can't move because of the way our custody is set up. Then I wouldn't be able to see 
that, you know, I, it wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to have the same sort of relationship, which I understand, sure. but she could absolutely move to a different town. She could absolutely go take a different career path. She doesn't have to work in a college setting as an African-American studies teacher. She could literally go get a job in fucking retail. Like she doesn't have to do things that like center her voice. And again, even like the academic setting in, I think that that like points to her narcissism. She wants to teach a class about African-American studies, but she also wants to like be a black woman. Like she wants to stand up. Well, to be fair, most academics are narcissists. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm not I'm not arguing that, but I'm just saying like way to like feed into this delusion of like not only am I going to pretend to be a black woman, I'm going to stand up here and I'm going to teach you guys what it's like to be a black woman. And I like have this degree where like I get to be, it's, it's pretty twisted. It's like really fucked when up. When you really lay it out, she she honestly she feels like some sort of spy or some sort of plant. And then and then we have to talk about her fucking changing her name. So like, can I can I do it? Because I really I really wanted to do that. Yeah, we sick. paused we paused the TV so that was, we could write it down because this <laughs> we, name we we really took some notes on this one. So at the end, and this was this was amazing. She's she's take she's cutting out all of the braids she has in. Right? Yo, can I make this joke? Because I wrote this joke down, and I really want to say it. Go ahead. She looked like a fucking Cynthia doll from Rugrats. <laughs> she, she did cut she the blind braids. <laughs> I, I was dying. There was really no reason to cut those braids out of her hair, but God bless. But that's why, but so that's why I was like- deep, You thought she was like deep deciding music. I am a white person now. I, I thought it was setting it up. You thought this was her finally embracing who yeah, she was as a white person. Yeah, and then she put on like a fucking like Bob Marley wig, right? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, no, Rachel, no. I believe you. It was really you. bad. But it was then... like really, she dyed her hair black and yeah. then she put on like this, she put on like kinky extensions and then she put a cap on and then she put a kinky like Marley hair wig on top. <laughs> and then she like pulled her like little black dyed hairs through it to try and like make it look like it was her hair. It just looked so bad. Oh my God. And then they did it again. They got me twice. Because after that, she goes to the DMV and they call her up and she's like, I'm here to get a name change. Mm -hmm. And I was like, here it comes. She's going to she's gonna change her life. And they're also playing like a cover of a, is there life on Mars? So it's like, you know, she's going to really, she's going out there. She's going to like change. She's going to go to a different place. <laughs> right. She's leaving that white girl behind that y'all know and associate <laughs> with Rachel Dolezal. She's leaving that behind and she's presenting herself to the world as Nikichi Amari Diallo. I was like, oh, girl. I thought she was going to go be like Heather Smith somewhere. <laughs> I swear to you. I was like, this no. is your moment, Rachel. You no. got this. And you know what? Here's the thing. And 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 you know what? In her fucking victim complex brain, you know this bitch is going to be like, oh, it's so hard for me. No one can pronounce my name. Bitch! Yeah, she's so you in. chose that fucking <laughs> name! She's so You have in. chosen the most- She was like, just try to pronounce my name. She's Yo, waiting. Her name is spelled N-K-E-C-H-I, which is a real name. This is a real name she did not make this name up right 
But she just was like, you know what? I want mad consonants in my name so that white people, so that man can't pronounce my name. You know Rachel Dolezal left the Black Panther movie like fucking colonizers. They can never get anything right. Like fucking shit. Oh, I tweeted this out because when the whole Rachel Dolezal thing went down, people were combing through her tweets and somebody sent me a screenshot that Rachel Dolezal had tweeted shit white girl say to black girls and she tweeted out real shit <laughs> <laughs> oh about about uh she white, white girls girl say to black girls yeah she was like yeah this is some real shit oh right here she's just like oh my she was like real shit check it like even that like black people don't fucking talk like that rachel dolezal <laughs> like but to her she's like this authentically sounds like a black woman who has experienced microaggressions like oh my god get out of here oh my god but you know what now she is ningichi 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 amara amari diallo god bless you girl <laughs> i did notice when she was at the when she was at the fucking protest she was like, put me in, coach. She looked so excited to be she, at the protest. And that was she was so like, great. Oh, oppression and 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 but like, that was towards the tears. end too. It was so funny. <laughs> <laughs> I can she was happy. The she was happy she was, to be there. But I thought that was part of her big transformation, the one that we didn't get, because it showed her excited to be part of the protest. And then it zoomed out and it was her, and she was wearing her like passable Italian wig. <laughs> <laughs> she was like no no no! i'm not black i'm italian right and it zoomed out and all the people she was marching with for equality were all white mm -hmm. and then she had this big grin on her face i was like she finally made it home and then some white, white lady, people some white lady came right up to thing. her and was like i really support you like you're really doing great i was like what some yeah i was okay. like i was like she she made you know what i mean it was like um was like, like the land before time where like the little brontosaurus <laughs> finally makes it to the valley of the lushness or whatever you know <laughs> but you know you know rachel was like oh i feel mad uncomfortable around all these white people like oh this is no like she looked like she was loving it. no i think she was loving one being, at a, protest, being at a protest but absolutely. i think I, but i also think but it led you to believe that she was going she was finding her way you know yes. like getting like comfortable with the fact that she's a white person and she can exist in a white space as a white person the cynic in me was like yo rachel dolezal in her mind is totally one of those black people that likes being the only black person in the room. You know what I mean? Like, she's like, I get to be the authority on blackness in this space because like all of these white people. She was don't... doing that in the black spaces too. Right. But that's what I mean. That's why I felt like at the protest, she was like, Oh, this is great because you know why? Because a tan, a tan looking person with kinky hair in a white space there are definitely white people who are who might be like, what are you? But I think in today's racial climate, a lot of white people would feel uncomfortable telling somebody like, oh, you're not like you can't be black. Like if the person says they're black, they're just going to like believe them. I feel like in Rachel's world. More white people would just like accept her as being saying she was black than black people because I feel like all black no, I people feel the same way. I feel like that's also true in black spaces. I know. Well, I feel know? like. Every black person was like, yeah, I mean, I just accepted it. But like, I also was like, but is she black? Like, the, the, you know what I mean? The, like, the black colleagues who were like, who were saying things like, 
you know, I always knew there was something going on there. Dude, they were showing me these pictures I of her. Didn't know. She looked so white. She looked she looked like something was wrong with her. She her tan was so brown. She looked like it looked like bad blackface, dude. It was really it was bad. bad blackface, though. It really was. It actually was. It really was. But I don't know. I feel like hindsight's twenty twenty, and I feel like once you tell people the the, the full story, suddenly everybody thinks that they knew what was up. Well, fuck Rachel you know? Dolezal for fucking it up for mixed race people who you know often get coded as white because like they deal with enough shit as it is and now like to have her come up in here doing this like i know that they were dealing with some shit when when this story broke we were brutal though during this movie i think i think my one of the favorite jokes was when when she was (laughs) she was painting and she said you know, you just have to find a medium for expression. And I was I was like, you mean like other people's paintings? Because all her paintings were of black people. <laughs> and then she was like, you know, you have to paint on another color. So I'm painting over the white. I'm painting over the white canvas with brown. It was she like... painted the whole thing like caramel brown. <laughs> and then she started drawing her self-portrait on top of the brown. It was like, girl, we see. Yeah. We get yeah. it. Too much symbolism. Well, I love. Thankfully, we watched the Rachel Divide, which Patrick so poignantly pointed out was a, an allegory to racial divide. I did not see that. Um, it's a really shitty title, unless you have the pun. Yeah, it is. Um, but we watched it, so you didn't have to. Fran, final thoughts? Um, I this movie was a roller coaster. I didn't enjoy it. I enjoyed laughing at it i felt pain for her children and i really hope that this is like a wake-up call for her she gets into therapy and she goes away and her kids get into therapy because goodness knows they're gonna need it what about you final thoughts you don't need to watch this movie unless you're interested in seeing the human side of things because you know everything you need to know about rachel dolezal and if you want to watch the movie to see like how she got to this point go for it Otherwise, you really, like, you don't need to. And one last thing. Mm -hmm. I'll give it to Rachel. She did not say the (laughs) N-word. She didn't. She said N-word. You know what? She She didn't say the N-word. She knows to stay in her motherfucking lane. And maybe maybe (laughs) your point, that shows that she really knows what's up. (laughs) Am I right? Yeah, you know what? I, you know what? You know what? You are so fucking right. Because guess what? That woman would be dropping M-bombs if she... Re- yes, that is hilarious. That's hilarious. We're like, then why don't you say the N-word? I mean, you're black, right? Just say it. She's like, listen... Sweating you- bullets. <laughs> she knows better than that. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I'm Francesca. I'm Patrick. And this was Last Name Basis from our couch. <laughs> that is-